Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. American Theater Wings, Tony goes to. And the Tony Award goes to. And the Tony goes to. Dear Evan Hansen. Memphis. Watts. Avenue Q. Hamilton. A strange week. All you revolting children out there, this is Next Best Theater, part of the Next Best Picture podcast, and today we are so excited to be talking about Matilda the Musical, both the original stage version and the very recently released Netflix film version. I'm Cody, and I'm here joined by Dan. Hello. And Lauren. Hello. Hello. So just to begin with, the original production was staged in 2010 by the Royal Shakespeare Company in London and then transferred to the West End the next year, where it was a huge success. It set the record for the most Olivier Awards ever won by a musical with seven awards. And I didn't know this until today, but it apparently is still running <laughs> to this day over 10 years later, which is wild. It opened on Broadway in 2013, where it won four Tony Awards and ran until New Year's Day 2017. And I'm so excited to be talking about this show that I personally love, both the um, stage version and not to spoil too much, but I found the movie to be pretty delightful. And on the fifth anniversary of its closing date on Broadway. Oh, damn. Right. Happy New Year, Matilda. (laughs) I think let's all go around and talk about our individual experiences with the show. Dan, do you want to start? (laughs) Sure, Cody. I'd be happy to start. Matilda is a really interesting show for me. That was the first, like, Tony race that I covered, in heavy air quotes, like, on the internet. Like, I was uh, writing for the film experience at the time and, like, did a preview article predicting who would win and live blogged the ceremony, which was a really interesting experience um, for this particular Tony Awards, as I'm sure we'll talk about later, because we that was a definitely will. <laughs> really close, very fun year. I remember seeing it on Broadway and just being so taken with the look of the show first, but then the the lyrics, the music and lyrics by Tim Minchin, I was I was just delighted. And I remember downloading the the Broadway cast recording almost immediately <laughs> upon getting back home from seeing it and just like immediately started listening to all the songs and trying to get all the lyrics that I missed because these are some wordy, complicated songs, because that's what Tim Minchin does. And I've been a fan ever since. I think it's a really 
it's an incredible adaptation of the book, I think. It stands on its own, apart from the uh, movie version from the 90s. And it's just really well done in every <laughs> in every front. I really love this musical. And I was so happy when they announced a film version. And I'm really happy that it turned out good. Yeah. <laughs> That's <laughs> like, you know, always a surprise, especially with adaptations of beloved material, both the book onto the stage and then the stage show onto the onto the film. Yeah. So it's nice when that happens correctly, <laughs> as we all want it to. It is. And I especially loved, in the context of the stage show, I loved um, the casting of Trunchbull as pants role. Not a pants role, because that's for a woman playing a man. I don't know what it is. A cross-dressed role. Right, basically in drag. Yeah, it's a drag Very role. pantomime Yeah, that, and that's exactly why. Like It was, it turned that character into such a panto, a grand dame character, and that worked so well on stage. I really enjoyed it. And when they announced that Emma Thompson was going to be playing Trunchbull in the film, I was... I honestly, I breathed a little bit of a sigh of relief because I don't think that kind of humor would translate to the film. So that was sort of my first sign that they were going in the right direction with the movie. And yeah, I'll stop there. (laughs) History is complicated. The story of human progress is long, messy, and riddled with controversies big and small. On Conflicted, we dive headfirst into history's most infamous events and contentious figures. We try and untangle the good from the bad, the fact from the fiction, and the monsters from the misunderstood. Was Genghis Khan a murderous butcher or a civic pioneer? Did the Allied powers go too far in firebombing the German city of Dresden at the twilight of World War II? And how did the Marquis de Sade acquire such a sinister reputation? And was any of it true? These are just a few of the tough questions we wrestle with and investigate on Conflicted. So if you love history or just enjoy a good story, please join me, your host, Zach Cornwell, for a fascinating new topic each and every month. Conflicted, a history podcast, is available on Spotify, Apple, or wherever else you get your podcasts. I hope to see you soon. We'll we'll get into the film in a little bit. Uh, Lauren, how about you? I'm going to start with the book and the original movie because Mm -hmm. I have an interesting relationship with Matilda, with it being it exists, but it also doesn't. I find Raw Dog, especially as a young person, I was very, very little. I found his work and his movies to be not scary, but weird to the point where it did terrify me as a child. I was just a little too overstimulating and a little too out there for me, where as an adult now, I'm aware that that's the accurate way to adapt a story from Raw Dahl. The movies were just too much for me, but I would watch them either, you know, at camp or at school or at a slumber party. It wouldn't be my cup of tea. I wouldn't normally go towards it, but I was aware of it. So when it came to a stage adaptation of this piece, it was really cool for me because I knew the story, so I knew the beats that the story would take, but I also didn't at the same time, which allowed me to see this piece, you know, kind of on its own. So it was kind of like my first real, you know, adult way of interacting with this material, which I think it's nice because I let it just 
feed the piece and I didn't have to focus much more on the book or the movie. I didn't, they weren't big highlights for me as a child. And I remember when I first got wind of this show, I think I, it was a performance that, you know, the four original Matildas did. I think they sang Naughty together and I thought they were so cute and kind of shocked at how these little humans were, you know, singing again, as Dan said, a lot of words, there's a lot of words in these songs and to put that on, you know, a tiny human's shoulders was a lot. And I found them to be, you know, adorable and cute. And then I saw pictures of the show and was just taken aback by the production design of it. And then the Tonys happened. And that was, I think, one of the best performances, if not the best performance of that year. I thought those kids were insane. I thought the songs were amazing. You know, I was like jamming out to Revolting Children and then on the verge of tears with When I Grow Up. I just think the juxtaposition of those songs are absolutely amazing. And then I immediately got tickets to see it because I thought it was amazing and I wanted to see it in person. And it was absolutely one of the best shows I've seen in a very long time. And again, just the weight that they put on these young actors is crazy and I think it's a very solid adaptation of a story and it knows what a theater performance is there's really good moments for you know live theater and there's also really great intimate moments and I, again love the production design love the sound design love just the way the stage is set up for the show and I was really very excited when I found out that they were making a musical adaptation of the musical and not just the movie. So we have this, you know, set on film. And I also think it did a really great job. So I'm excited to discuss that even further. Great. Yeah. Um, I've, I feel like we all have very similar <laughs> journeys with this show and this movie. I also saw it on Broadway. I saw the second preview. It was a college trip. I was a senior in college and uh, there was some sort of club going. And so a bunch of my friends, my actor friends, we just you know, decided why not? It's a free show. I don't I didn't really know much about it. And after the school song, the one where they're spelling out the alphabet, the way that was staged. Oh, and my like God. And a realization of like what they're doing with the so lyrics. Good. Yes. My friends and I just like turned to each other and we're like, oh, my God. Like, what, what is this? It's so clever. Yes, and then Act 2 opening up with When I Grow Up, which is just this, like, incredible song about the fragility of childhood and the impressions of adulthood from children. And it's just, like, so beautiful. And, again, we were all were on the verge of graduating college and being thrown into the real world. So it really affected us specifically in that moment. But the production just blew me away. I think it's it was incredibly directed. All the performances were unbelievable. The look of it was fantastic. It really is one of the best if not on paper, best shows I've ever seen, probably one of the best productions I've seen on Broadway, which is really something. And I was kind of surprised by its lack of success at the Tony Awards, which again, we'll get into because I think it's one of the more interesting races in recent years. But I was so glad a movie got made. And like everybody was saying, I'm really glad it turned out well. Um, yeah, I, this is one of my favorite shows of recent memory. I think it's so smart. I think the lyrics are incredible, especially the use of rhymes throughout the show is just mind-blowing just the way that they you know the tim mentioned takes certain words and rhymes them together that you never even think sound alike but they definitely do just really incredible stuff some of the best non-sondheim lyrics i've ever heard on broadway just really wonderful and like everybody else is saying the 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 actress who has to play matilda probably one of the hardest roles like in theater history because a you have to be a child b you're on stage nearly the entire time and you have at least two solo numbers plus a bunch of group numbers. And there's all those monologues where she's telling the story about the acrobat. Those were all just long, just pages of text for these like 
seven to 11 year olds to perform. Like Lauren said, when they did it on Broadway, it was four different actresses switching through the role. Uh, so each of them did about two performances a week. And so since I saw the second preview, I saw that individual Matilda's first ever performance on Broadway, which was pretty incredible. And you would never know. Like The director came out, Matthew Warches, who also directed the movie, and did a little pre-curtain speech to say, you know, this is a very technical show. There may be some issues. And also this is, you know, the actress's – I'm so sorry. I don't remember which one it was. But this actress playing Matilda's first time ever performing on Broadway tonight. So, you know, trying try to give us a little bit of forgiving energy. But it was not necessary. She killed it and the production was flawless. Really just incredible stuff. And I'm kind of sad it didn't do as well as it probably hoped. I mean, it ran for a long time. nearly four years, which yeah. is decent. But like I said, it's still running to this day in London and for over 10 years. Yeah, it's a really uh, great show. I'm excited to talk about it. Why don't we just kind of as a way of carving through the show, why don't we each talk about our favorite song or number? Dan, why don't you tell us your favorite song? Happily and I'm especially happy to talk about this one because they had the audacity to cut it out of the movie. Mm-hmm. Um, my favorite song is uh, Mr. Wormwood's song, Telly. Oh my god. <laughs> <laughs> Which I earlier said when I grew up opens Act 2, actually this song opens yes. Act 2. It just is kind of unceremonious. Like there's no entract or anything. He just walks on stage and addresses the audience and then it goes into When I Grow Up, which feels yeah. like the actual opener of this Act 2. Hey everyone, sorry to interrupt, but this is a preview of episode 49 of the Next Best Theater podcast talking about Matilda the Musical. In order to get the full-length episode, you will have to head on over to Next Best Pictures Patreon, where for $1 minimum a month, you'll get the rest of this episode and other exclusive podcast content from us as well. You have been listening to the Next Best Theater podcast, part of the Next Best Picture podcast umbrella. We are proud to be part of the Evergreen Podcast Network, and you can subscribe to us anywhere where you subscribe to podcasts. Be sure to leave us a review on Apple Podcasts and let us know what you think of the show. We really appreciate your feedback and your support. Thank you so much for listening, as always, and we shall see you all next time. Welcome to Novel Conversations, a podcast about the world's greatest stories. I'm your host, Frank Lavallo, and for each episode of Novel Conversations, I talk to two readers about one book, and together, we summarize the story for you. We introduce you to the characters, we tell you what happens to them, and we read from the book along the way. So if you love hearing a good story, you're in the right place. Our ninth season is coming this fall. Tune in to hear from some of the all-time great authors, Charles Dickens, Jules Verne, F. Scott Fitzgerald, and more. Subscribe to Novel Conversations wherever you listen to podcasts.